Welcome to Chan's the Man Apologetics, a podcast devoted to discussion and discourse without the disdain. I'm your host, Chan Heron. Topics include Christian doctrine, apologetics, political issues, world religions, and much, much more. Let's get started. What's going on in Israel is pure evil. It's horrific. It is atrocious. There's no words to describe some of the reports that are coming out of Israel. This brings up a lot of questions. Is this the end? Are we seeing biblical prophecy being fulfilled right before our eyes? Is Christ going to return shortly? What do you make of all this? Well, I've been watching what's going on, like most of you, very closely. And based on my biblical studies and uh, the background of the Jewish people, we know that the earliest Christians were Jews. As a matter of fact, if you read the book of Acts, you'll find out that the first place the Jews were ever called Christians was in Antioch. And those disciples were convinced that Jesus of Nazareth had risen from the dead. At first, they did not believe that he was the Messiah because their idea of a Messiah was not a dying and rising Messiah. If you look back on any teachings in Judaism, there is no teaching whatsoever of a dying and rising Messiah. The Jewish view of a Messiah was one who would set up Israel as a independent state and rescue it from Roman rule. He was a military leader. So when they see that Jesus died, then they begin to run and hide because they their view had been crushed. It wasn't until after the resurrection that they changed their mind. But the Jewish people are God's people. There's no doubt about this. And we have seen throughout their history many attempts by Satan, who's the underlying force here, to try to wipe them off of the face of the earth. We saw it in the book of Esther with Haman, who was able to get a decree issued to slaughter all of the Jews. But we saw that Queen Esther was able to warn the Jewish people about this. We saw Hitler try to wipe out the Jews in World War II and what happened with the Holocaust. The Jewish people have always been under constant threat. And it's really simple. They are God's chosen people. If Satan can wipe out the Jewish race, well, then he turns God into a liar because God's promises to Abraham are carried out through the Jewish people. So what is going on here? Are we seeing the beginning of the end? Well, the easy answer to that is I don't know. There's nothing really else that has to happen before Christ returns. Christians do agree that Christ will return one day. He will set up his kingdom in Jerusalem, and he will separate the sheep from the goats. And the sheep are those that follow Christ, and the goats are those that don't. He will also deal 
with Israel, but there will be a remnant of Israel. Now, my view of eschatology, which is the study of end times, has kind of gone back and forth based on my study. I am no longer, I'm not 100% convinced that the pre-tribulation rapture is the correct view of end times. Now, this is one of these what we call secondary issues that Christians and evangelicals, they disagree on, but they all agree on one thing, that Christ is coming back. That's the thing I want to focus on, that Christ is coming back. So it doesn't matter if you are a Baptist, a Methodist, a Lutheran, Episcopal, Nazarene, Church of Christ. If you hold the view that Christ is coming back, then we're on the same page. Where we differ is the timing of Christ's return. There are many that hold to what's known as the pre-tribulation rapture, that Christ will return prior to the tribulation, which is defined as a seven-year period where God pours his wrath out on the unbelieving world, that Christians are taken up into heaven and they meet Christ in the air. During those seven years, as God is dealing harshly with the, with the unrepentant on earth, the church will be in heaven being judged not for their eternal destiny, but on what they did with Christ. That is called the judgment seat of Christ. Then, once the tribulation period is over, those that hold to the pre-trib rapture will have Christ return with the church and all the Old Testament and New Testament saints at his second coming where he actually touches the Mount of Olives to set up his 1,000-year reign sitting on David's throne. After that, Satan will be released for one last time, and then you have the Battle of Gog and Magog, and then Satan, the false prophet, the beast are all cast in the lake of fire, and then we have eternity, where those that are with Christ will spend eternity with him on earth in the New Jerusalem, and those that are not in Christ will be separated from him in a place called the lake of fire or hell. That's one view, the pre-tribulation rapture. Now, one of the questions I have about the pre-tribulation rapture is why is it split in two? Yes, it is true that you can't find the word rapture in the Bible, but I don't think that's a good argument. You can find the the notion of, of being caught up. One of the words in Latin, I believe it's rapturo, which is where we get our word um, rapture. But Paul writes in Thessalonians about the dead in Christ will rise first and we which are alive will be caught up to meet him in the air. But I want to know why isn't the second coming the same thing as a rapture. And I want to know, what what do you mean by the rapture? There are some pre-tribulation individuals who say that the rapture will be secret, that many people will disappear. But as I look in Scripture, it talks about just as the lightning is seen from the east and the west, so will the, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. So it won't be secret if that's how they're defining the rapture. I don't know if Christ coming back is split into two parts. I think that 
When Christ returns, everyone will see it. Which means if there is a literal seven-year tribulation period, it stands to reason that the church would be here. Now, Chan, why would you say such a thing? Well, Scripture and history. One of the things that we see through Scripture is that Jesus told his disciples, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Paul also writes that he which wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus shall be persecuted. And when you look at the history of the Christian church, every time it thrived, it was because it was persecuted. So my question is to the pre-trib rapture people is why is the American church or the modern day church going to be taken up and protected from persecution? I do think we will not be under the wrath of God, but we will be under the wrath of Satan. Persecution. So it seems to me that if there is a tribulation period, if there is a seven-year tribulation period, that Christians will be here. We will be persecuted, but by unbelievers, by the Antichrist. The judgments that are befalling the earth during this time will not harm Christians. It will only harm unbelievers because Paul writes in Romans that therefore now is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. So Jesus has spared us from the wrath of God. But I equate it to what the children in Israel went through when they were in Egypt. When they were in Egypt, God rained down the 10 plagues and it affected Egypt, but not the Israelites. God protected them from his wrath and were teaching them that he was the God of all the other gods, that he was more powerful than the Egyptian gods, but they were there. They were there. They still suffered the persecution underneath the, the Egyptians, the, the slavery. They were there. They were not spared from the persecution, but they were spared from God's wrath when he poured out his plagues. If you look in Revelation, you look at many of the judgments, the bold judgments, the trumpet judgments, the seal judgments. They're very parallel to the 10 plagues. And so if we make a comparison here, it makes sense that Christians would be here during this time, but not be succumbed to it, because that's what the parallel is with Egypt. Now, I hope that the preacher view is correct. I hope it is. I don't want to go through persecution. I am grateful and blessed that as of right now, my life in the United States offers me freedom to worship God publicly and in the way I want. However, what we've seen over the last couple of decades is that fading. And I think that the persecution that would 
succumb American Christians would actually weed out some of those so-called Christians. Because there's a there's a type of Christianity in America that's a health and wealth that if if you follow Christ and nothing ever bad will happen to you, and then if something does happen, it's because you had a lack of faith. And I am willing to bet that persecution would separate the believers from the true believers. I hope, please hear me, listeners. I hope that the pre-trib view is correct, but it looks like it's not going to be that way. I think we're going to see it. I'm going to pray for pre-trib, but I'm going to prepare for post-trib. So what is post-trib? The post-tribulation rapture is the view that Christians, the church, will be here during the seven-year tribulation time, which means we would be aware of the Antichrist. We would know who the Antichrist is. We would be able to identify him. And we will suffer the persecution under the Antichrist, as do the Jewish people. And then at the end of those seven years, Christ returns, and then we are caught up with him. That's the post-trib view. So that puts Israel and Christians and the Christian church on the same footing. I think that makes more reasonable sense. Now, some of the counter-arguments to this are going to be, well, now, wait a minute, Chan. When you read in Revelation, the church is not mentioned after oh, chapter 4, I believe it is. And it's because they're not there. And they were taken up in the rapture. Now, that's a fairly good argument, but it has a problem. And the problem is, that's an argument from silence. It doesn't follow logically that since the church is not mentioned in Revelation after a certain chapter, chapter 4, if you will, that therefore it is because they are not there that they've been raptured up. To me, that is, an, that is reading in to the scripture. Now, I could be wrong about that. I could be wrong. But I think it's better to at least think that post-trib may make the most sense given the history of the Christian church and its persecution worldwide and its persecution right now in countries like North Korea, and China, and other Islamic countries where the Christian church has to go underground because to, especially in Islamic countries, to come out and confess your trust in in christianity is to commit apostasy worthy of death in islamic countries so it makes the most sense given scripture given the history not only jewish history but christian history that we will be here that we will suffer persecution so i would rather prepare for the post-trib view and then get a sense of relief if the pre-trib view is correct than to prepare for the pre-trib view and not really concern myself with it and it being wrong and suddenly I'm thrust into persecution that I was not expecting. 
I think that just makes the most logical sense. And so what we're seeing here in Israel is a step closer to the end times. Christ could return at any time. The Antichrist could come on the scene at any time. I, I just don't know. But what that should do for us as believers is to quicken us that we don't have much time. We should share the gospel. We should call out evil. We should live our lives accordingly as if today is the last day. We're not promised tomorrow. And so I think it would do some good. I'm going to definitely keep an eye, and so should you, on what's going on in Israel. Because Revelation is so cryptic, and Daniel, the book of Daniel is cryptic, they go together, it has to be that way because of God's unveiling. This is exactly what happened with Jesus and the revealing of the Messiah. It was so cryptic. We only have hindsight. We have completed scripture, so we can see it in hindsight. But those who were given the promise could never have imagined what God had planned. So it's going to be cryptic. So we just need to take that with a grain of salt. We need, when we read the book of Revelation, we look at Daniel, we need to say that we have not figured it out, but that we know that Christ is coming back and we will put our faith, put our trust in that event. But keep an eye on Israel's enemies, Hamas to the south, Hezbollah to the north, Iran, Russia, there have been many attempts to figure out who is Gog and Magog mentioned in Ezekiel. And some have said it is Russia and its Muslim allies that are going to descend on Israel. That's possible. That's very possible. However, I want to be a responsible theologian. I want to be a responsible Christian apologist and say that I don't know for certain on the timing of this. We don't know how it's all going to play out. But I do know this. God wins in the end. His people will not be destroyed. And because of the great Jew, Jesus of Nazareth, we Gentiles have been grafted in to the family. Not of anything that we've done but because of what Christ has done. You see, God's idea of the Messiah was way bigger than the Jewish view of a Messiah. You see, the first century Jewish view of a Messiah was a military person who was going to rescue Israel from Roman rule and set up Israel as an independent state. Well, God's plan for Messiah was an individual who would conquer sin and rescue all people from its effects. 
So the, the first century Jewish view of Messiah was too small. God had bigger plans for what it meant to save people, Jews and Gentiles alike. So I'll leave you with this. Pray for the pre-trib view to be correct. Prepare for the post-trib view and stand with Israel. Thank you for listening to Chan's The Man Apologetics, a podcast aimed at promoting the Christian worldview. If you enjoyed what you heard today, consider sharing with a friend. Until next time, I'm Chan Heron.